Hey everyone, um, have, uh, hope you're having an amazing day and welcome to Bridging Two Worlds uh, podcast with you, your host, me, George the Medium. I am having the worst technical day ever today. Nothing is working. Earphones are not connecting. Sound desk isn't working. Microphone's not working. So I am going at it completely just on the iPad right now, unfortunately, because I don't have any other way of doing things. So I tried and I tried and Lee's got a, a busy, busy day ahead of her over in New York. Um, so I'm going to introduce my guest. She's a beautiful friend. Uh, we met through the spirit world. We we were put together by a, a shared mentor and um, I came out to Lee's place uh, in, in the States and we built this friendship. Lee came to Scotland um, and we were in cold and windy Edinburgh where there's pictures of her hair engulfing her face as she's trying to get a picture beside a, a guy playing bagpipes. Um, so we have, uh, the, the Spirit World has brought me to New York and her to Scotland and also I know she's been down south doing training in the past as well. But Lee is a, a medium, a healer, a mentor. She's a kick-ass mentor, should I say. She has um, many, many facets to her, her wheel and the things that she does and the the way that she teaches and inspires people is really for people to realize the best of their inner self. And it's interesting because people actually come away from even just having a conversation where Leah is like, yeah, you are a medium. You know, you're a medium, right? Like she, and, and so she has that kind of assertive conversation. Um, and, and it's really, really nice because it's empowering at the same time. So Lee uh, is known as the South African medium, even though she's based in uh, New York. So um, Lee, welcome to Bridging Two Worlds. Thank you, George. Great to be here. Thank you, darling. So can you tell people a little bit about you? Because you'll do it better than my intro there. You'll let people know exactly what it is you do and where you are. We'll, we'll talk about your social media links at the end. Um, but I want people to understand who you are and what it is that you do in, in a real, because um, you're passionate. The one thing I love about you is you exude passion about what you do. Um, so yeah, take it away. Oh, yeah. yeah. As you mentioned, I also am a healer. I'm a spiritual mentor as well. But I have to say, mediumship, working with the spirit world is really the foundation of everything that I do. It was the spirit world that opened me up on my spiritual journey when I was looking for healing myself and plucked me out of the legal world as a barrister and put me squarely into the spirit world. And once I met the spirit world, I haven't looked back. So everything I do is focused on mediumship. But one thing I've come to realize through the journey of the medium uh, is that the self-healing aspect for all of us as mediums, self-healing is so important. One of the messages of mediumship is healing as well from spirit side for their loved ones when they come and speak with them. So that also opened up a, a gateway for me to also move into healing as well. So everything's interconnected, everything is intertwined, and it is through the spirit world that I've completely changed my life around to an awesome life, one that was quite unexpected. And it's also taught me that everyone is capable of this. Mediums are not special. You can learn it, you can learn how to do it. Spirit world wants to speak to us. And that people are so powerful, so powerful within themselves. And if they just 
take the chance on spirit and start walking along the path, they're going to be blown away. You need not know where you're headed, but I can tell you what, you're in for one hell of a journey and some awesome surprises. Well, that's interesting because, I mean, literally going from a barrister to a medium, the, the people listening to that will probably think, are you actually serious? You went from that world to this world? Like, and really in a sense where you... The one thing that I've always admired about what you do is the way that you tackle things with development. Your mind is focused in, in what you want and what you want to happen. And I and it leaves actually quite a selfless person because you give so much to others. Um, and I love the fact that you say everyone can learn this. And, and I always use the, the, the description that the spirit world see people um, in the, on the earth as light bulbs. But mediums are lighthouses, so they know where they're going easier. Mm. Kind of, that's a really quick way to get people to understand it but we can all build our brightness we can all build our light if you want to use that analogy of light bulbs and so within your own discovery of your journey did you start straight away just doing the mediumship or um was there other things that you I, I believe you had mentioned one point you were involved in some um some paranormal side of things would that be correct I tell you what George I was given shock therapy by the spirit world when I first opened up. Okay. Um, I, had, I had never explored any of this stuff. I had no desire to explore any of this stuff. But my daughter seemed to be a natural medium and was speaking to dead people. And mm. I did not know what to do with this child. And I was terrified of it myself. So that led me to find a place where my daughter could get some help find a place where she could be comfortable and I could get some answers so I found a little children's group close by and they were teaching them psychic development shamanism literally how to go and hike trees that's what they were being taught right. and I happened to see an advert for an, a mediumship class by my very first tutor who was from Australia and on a whim I took the class I had no idea what it was about uh, and I walked in there, there were 12 other people, and she was a very no-nonsense, that's why I loved her approach, no-nonsense, no woo-woo, no anything like that, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well, there's someone around you, just send your thought out to them, and who is there, so it's so very direct, so I learned, you know, within the space of a day, that I could actually connect to them, and maybe that was the best time, because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know if I believed it or I didn't believe it. So I could get my thinking mind out of the way, right? Ah, okay. So I had some really awesome readings that day. And then the full-on paranormal opened up for me as well. Because there was a student in the class who started speaking about uh, having a friend who'd committed suicide who was attached to her. And I had no idea what they were talking about. And she was asking the teacher questions, you know, how, how, what do I do? And the teacher was mentioning to, well, you know, you can go to your house and you can go and do a little ritual and light a candle and speak to her. And I'm still like, what is this woman going on about? What is this? I had no idea. So then the teacher goes, let me just show you. So she gets the girl to sit down. She then puts three chairs behind this girl and puts me right behind this girl. I don't know, just Lee, go and sit in that chair. Puts two other mediums next to her. Then, no idea what's going on still, says to me, put, put your hands on her shoulder. And the other two mediums put a hand on mine. 
she starts speaking and the next thing i had this the weirdest most terrifying experience i felt someone step out of the person in front of me into my body and take up space mm. and then step out and then back in it's like i've got someone inside me right now and i remember hearing a scream a scream and i knew it was coming out of my mouth it was like my hands were glued to her and but i was aware of this it was fascinating it was almost like i was aware of what was going on but i was in a different room ah and i heard her starting to engage with whatever was screaming i then knew that this girl i was this girl who committed okay. suicide and i was absolutely it was very surreal and then i remembered one point a voice saying to her and this would have been the teacher take the hands look into that light and touch the hands they reaching for you and i experienced all the fear all the sadness the pain that this person was experiencing and in my mind's eye i could see those hands coming from the light wow and she didn't want to take them and i remember all i knew was i had to tell her i had to make her grab a hand all the while screaming and i just said take the hand out it's almost like energetically i pushed her hand up as soon as she touched the screaming stopped immediately she was gone and of course we all fell to the floor snot dripping down from all our weeping and crying and the teacher then said well off you go go and have lunch and i remember walking with wobbly legs like what the hell has just happened to me so in in one weekend i experienced my mediumship being opened up mental mediumship with evidence and spirit rescue mediumship all in one weekend and there's a crash course that's a crash course i had no idea but i tell you what I learned pretty quickly what that was about. So it seemed what spirit had in mind for me was teaching even before I had any business teaching. My teacher just set me up with a circle the following week. Um so I found I was doing rescue mediumship and regular mediumship at the same time. I had no idea what I was doing but the spirit world seemed to know what I was doing. So one thing I learned from the get go because I had such limited knowledge and such limited experience was to absolutely trust the spirit world. So they led the way. They led the way with teaching, with all the work and opened up the healing path as well. And then what I had to do was I had to play catch up to what they were doing with me. Right. So I kind of started off experientially first and then I had to get the knowledge. I had to take training. I had to read up on all these topics so that I could understand it, you know, from my But you were living the experiences yeah. but you didn't have the knowledge. So then you're actually going through it. It was backwards. And then so you're kind of doing it backwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally backwards, backwards. Even with the teaching because I was so new to it yet I was sitting in a circle teaching mediums. I didn't even understand it myself. But I seemed to have teaching guides. So spirit just took over and then i had to catch up i even had to catch up on my own development you know so 
a few years into it, I still didn't understand mediumship. I could do it, but I didn't understand it. And, and you were teaching to, it. Yeah, and I'm teaching. But it's like I trusted them, and they seemed to know. They knew how to switch the light bulb on. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think I'm a good coach because I'm, I've got legal experience. So I'm, I'm good at articulating myself when it comes to that kind of thing. But it was completely backwards. Finally, now, 15, 16 years into the journey, I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think your crash course set you up on a path that yeah. you definitely didn't expect. But it by goodness. Do, so let people know who don't know what rescue mediumship is, because that's probably a, that's a little, little known topic that people actually don't discuss much um, because it is extremely sensitive. And I, I think that there's some really good mediums who are able to do it well. Um, I mean, you certainly got a crash course. So could you just let people know what that means? It's a very controversial topic, actually. Yeah. Because if you think in terms of the spiritualist church, they do not recognize this work at all. Yeah. Uh, so what they say is if you're experiencing any issues like this, it's all on you, right? Uh, but my understanding, and I know this from firsthand experience, that the natural progression of the soul is we cross over when we die, body falls away, we go into the light, right? Positive, beautiful, call it heaven, call it what you want. Yeah. But sometimes souls get stuck. They get stuck for a variety of reasons. It might be a sudden passing, right? Sudden accident. Um, so what happens is it's almost like the movie, the, the experience of a stuck spirit or an uncrossed spirit, also known as an earthbound spirit, it's like the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Yeah. It's like they're in a loop. They get stuck at that time of their death. There's no intelligence over there, but they focus on what happened to them. They're in that space. All their earthly experiences, their emotions, their thoughts are all there, just swirling around. So if someone was very depressed, they carry depressing energy. If they were suicidal, they've got suicidal thoughts. If they're alcoholics, they are still addicted. Yeah. So you can get stuck. They simply are confused. They, the light is always there, but they got stuck. So what do they do? They might then attach to someone with a similar vibration. It's all energy, right? Yeah. So if you are struggling with depression, they might notice your light. They're not seeing your physical body, but they're attracted to the energy. So what happens is your sadness, your depression can be elevated and amplified because now you're carrying theirs. So the, the field of spirit rescue mediumship in a healing capacity is if someone has an attachment to locate them and cross them over into the light, right? Yep. So that you are free of that influence. Um, but there's a few reasons, you know, sometimes suicides don't cross over, but not always, you know, it's simply sometimes I think it's an ingrained religious belief why they don't cross over. Yeah. They're just fearful. And then maybe an old couple who've been married 50 years, the old man gets sick. His wife says, please don't leave me. And he says, I won't. And he doesn't cross over. Absolutely. The old bird dies and she sees a whole family there in the life, in the light. And she pushes off. And there's the old man. What's yep. happening now? They sell the house. New people move in. They start doing renovations. And then the old man's ticked off, right? Then we have a haunting. Yep. So that's a field of spirit rescue mediumship. You know, there is... We can do this kind of work in a healing capacity to help them, to help souls cross over. But I don't believe it is our purpose. 
I don't feel the spirit world is reliant on mediums to do that for them because the spirit world can help themselves and they can all wake up eventually. So I would say when I do spirit rescue work, it's to work on a person who's experiencing problems. I don't just go in there and invite all tortured such spirit to cross him over generally. There's got to be a purpose for me. But that work of the occult can also extend to something a little bit more negative. So yeah. that, you know, you can also deal with dark force entities, even to demonic possession. So having done this kind of work, you know, I've seen that there is a different side to spirit, the spirit world as well. And I know I've seen what I've seen, you know, don't want to. I wish I could unsee some of the stuff, but I think it's all very, very real. So interesting, you know, those movies out there, like with the Warrens, right? Um, best day of my life, childhood dream. I saw the movie Amityville Horror and then I met Elaine Warren. And this was like, yeah. oh my God, little girl from South Africa meeting mm -hmm. someone like that. But it's a very real world, you know? So I think, you know, I've seen it for what it is. It's not work that I would actually pursue. I don't recommend anyone pursue this kind of work. I feel it has to be kind of dropped in your path. It should be a true soul calling. Yeah. The work. Um, and it's actually quite difficult doing this work um, as a medium because it's two vibrations. So you've got to go low to speak to them and then high to do evidentiary mediumship. Yeah. So I don't do anything with exorcisms anymore. I did. I got attacked in the past, do not want to be there. But I do, in a healing capacity, still work with a few earthbound spirits. So I keep it, I would say, vanilla nowadays. <laughs> and so what what brings you most joy in what you do like obviously there's a quite a few strings to your bow what would you say that brings lee the joy in your work is it demonstrating is it the teaching is it the i i think look i love working with the spirit world i love it when it works well but I think for me, what really drives me is when I can help a medium to get into their power and break through all the confidence issues that inhibit them so that they can connect and become mediums with confidence. Mm -hmm. um, that for me is my reason for living, is to help mediums develop, right? I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I love what you do is like me, where there's nothing prouder than when they they kind of fly the nest and they're yes. out there and they're doing their work and that I think is nothing better because then you see you're working with people who have extreme potential and it like listen everyone makes sound out their mouth but we don't all sing like Whitney Houston mm -hmm. so some people are going to be unbelievably amazing and some people are going to be great you know, like I always think that's a really yeah. good way to try, try and describe it. But I think there's nothing prouder when you see other mediums that you've worked with or they've been your students and they've moved on and they're working in the field. Oh, I can tell you what, when they surpass you, isn't that an amazing thing? Amen to that. So Amen teachers, to that. Teachers should celebrate that. And, and they don't. suppress it, not suppress it. 
There's so many teachers around the world, unfortunately, and this is why this podcast exists, is to tell the truth about what's going on, um, so people can grow and learn. This is just to help people, you know, to, to share yeah. information from people who are in the movement, because it's all made on glitzy, glamour TV, where mm-hmm. everything's wonderful and correct. But really going on behind that, there's a lot of teachers who don't want the students to do well because they want them to continue to come back. That's the thing. You know, I've had the experience of having my self-confidence shattered. Yeah. And if you think in terms of the amount of money us mediums spend, you know, with training and the amount of years, the tears that go into development Mm -hmm. as a medium, people don't realize how much it takes. No. Um, And then you have to start from scratch and then you've got the psychological effects of all of that and... It's a mind game, mediumship, being able to get out of that analytical mind, right? Oh, God, yeah. I have experienced that. And, you know, I get so angry when I, and I work with students all the time who've been through the same thing. I've recently had students and it's, it's such a shame, you know, that teachers do that. So that's one thing that I'm very particular about, because when you train mediums, you have to give honest feedback, but you have to be careful how you give feedback. You cannot destroy the, the, the confidence line with the medium is so, so thin. You cannot tear that line. You cannot destroy someone's self-confidence or belief in themselves. So you've got to be able to give feedback in a compassionate way that's instructive and supportive and not break people down. Because I think if we were to say, is there a cardinal sin in my book? It would be teachers who do that. I think that's I think that's brilliant because there's there is a you're right in the fine line of confidence. Every medium wants to do the best that they can to help people, like yeah. at, the, at its basics, and it's like if it's core, you know, right to the dirt on the ground. The value of what we want to do is to help, and every student that's working and spending those thousands and thousands of pounds on all these courses to try and develop and they it takes one thing and they're broken just Mm -hmm. it can just take one and I know that you know that and I know that as well um so what what do you think is should be the right path for going forward for mediumship like what would if, if Lee had a magic wand and waved it right now to to be able to change that what would you like to do or what would you like to see happen I would Honestly, I feel the best path for mediumship development is self-healing goes hand in hand with your development as a medium. Yeah. Because you have to get rid of your story first, because that's what comes up when you're trying to link. It's that self-talk. Yeah. There's a very good book on the market. I would say this is my Bible. It's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Before anyone does any form of spiritual development to go and read that book, Because you need to understand what comes up within you, right? What your analytical mind is saying to you. And that's what needs to be healed. Because the more healing you do before you start your journey as a medium and concurrently along with your development, the easier it's going to be for you. So is that what then all of those experiences, is that what inspired you to open Montclair Psychic School? Montclair Psychic School happened by accident because I was still working as a lawyer, right? 
that I needed a place once a week for two hours for a circle. So I got this office. And then suddenly people start, I started to explore. Like I said, I then started to learn about stuff like elementary school level. What is a chakra? What is energy healing? What's this? What's that? Yeah. So I would get people to come in, sit in on the class and learn along with everyone else. And then suddenly people were like, hey, can you talk to us about this? Can you talk to us about that? And then I started doing that. And the next thing, well, do a class, charge, because you're paying rent, you know, so they can pay for the rent. So I'm doing that. I'm literally having a ball. I'm having so much fun <laughs> with my own development and everything. And the next thing someone said, oh, you know, you've got a center, right? And I said, what do you mean? She says, no, well, think about it. You've got office space. People are coming. They're learning from you now. So now you have a center. So that means you're a teacher. Oh, okay. And then suddenly we needed a bigger office five months later. And then suddenly it was just a school. And that's it kind of evolved accidentally, you know, without really intending anything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's how it unfolded. You know, there was never a an intention on my part to do this for a living it never occurred to me that people would do this for a living uh, and that's simply how it unfolded and I think seven years into that I simply started getting messages from the spirit world through my spirit people as well as my students would give me messages and it's like okay time to hang up that shackle now now you're going to be a medium uh, and that's exactly how it evolved so the thing is when you start your spiritual journey, you don't, know, you don't need to know where you're headed. They know. It's just trust them and trust the process and be open. Don't you think, though, the hardest part for us in our new beginning part is the trust, like the trust and the doubt, the trust and the doubt. The tr oh, yeah. We trust and we doubt constantly. So we're receiving it and we're going, oh, that seems strange. I can't say that. So we yeah. doubt. But what message are we sending to the spirit world? Doubt. I don't trust you. I don't exactly. believe you. I don't trust in you. So from that, you've, you've then got this whole journey where you're having this, you're making your, you're making your own job more difficult. Yeah. It really is. Let me talk to you about something strange. Now, when we talk about mediums, you always think when people are mediums, you know, they're going to walk around like, gurus right like yeah i'm so spiritual so you know me i curse like a trooper yeah those are my lawyer days that's how i speak so i never i never got into spirituality through the whole woo woo phase so <laughs> i was like i bring my lawyer personality to my teaching it's like this is what you got to do it's like i know the process i know how to explain it but there's this part I have changed a lot. So I become more empathetic, more compassionate, which was not in my lawyer nature. Yeah, so that's what it's done. I've done a lot of self-healing. But when you talk about the confidence of a medium, you know, you will see some mediums out there who are quite frankly, horrible people. Yes. You know, and it's always, it's been fascinating to like, why is it that they are such great mediums? And I was at Arthur Finley College and I asked a tutor this. And the tutor said to me, and it's a marvelous response. She said, the spirit world, when they speak to you to connect to their loved one, are really not interested in your soul, what you're about. 
So all they need you to do is to deliver their information without interfering, without wow. holding things back, without interpreting according to what you feel it might mean, without you feeling the need to understand it. Mm. So people who are narcissistic, egotistical, they don't care. There are clear channels for the spirit world and they deliver the goods. They might not be compassionate. They might not be nice. They might not be kind, but they are the perfect instrument for the spirit world because they can get out of the way. So if we can take an aspect of the narcissistic medium and fill it with compassion and merge the two, you'll have the perfect medium. Then. That is a phenomenal way to look at it. Because, I mean, I even me, like, I've been in this movement for 22 years, and I've often had that battle of conversation with myself or other people. Like, why are they horrible, horrible people? Why are the spirit would allow them to work? And I've never, ever thought about it like that before. Yeah. And I think that's a phenomenal way to look at it. Because that's all we are, right? Our journey is our journey. Yeah. But all we are is simply that telephone line. That's it. There's nothing more to it. Now, answer me a question, because I find this one, I, I believe that we have different viewpoints and I love to learn. Um, I think that obviously our mediumship experiences is what we've experienced. I'm not a big believer in the whole dialogue situation where you pick up the phone and you can call anyone you want. And tell me if I'm wrong in thinking that that you believe differently from that. Do you? No. Do you? Have a, you don't. I don't. Okay. I believe we are in service to spirit, right? Yeah. So I think television. You know, I think television mediums have done a lot for the field of mediumship. Yeah. It's brought a lot of would-be mediums out of the closet, right? Certainly. Um, but the thing is, people think it is literally 1-800-dial-a-dead person, right? Absolutely. And so I found, you know, I didn't understand this at the beginning of my journey. So people would come in, I'd bring through spirit. I don't want to speak to that person, make them go away. I want to speak to this person. Then you struggle to connect. And that's when you really start having confidence issues. Mm. Because you've got to speak to who comes. And it might be the matriarch in the family who's going to step in first. That might have died when they, before they were born even. But she's there. So you need to think of these spirit people as people. How would mm -hmm. you like it if you're speaking to someone and they turn their back on you and they start speaking to someone else? That is so rude, so rude yeah. and insulting. And that's literally what we are then doing to the spirit world. We need to speak to whoever is stepping forward because there's always a reason why that person is stepping forward. They will then open to the door to more spirits to come in through the reading. And hopefully, because we put the request in that the most important people for the sitter will come through, the person they want you to hear from will come through naturally. But it's yeah. simply not something we can guarantee. And that's important to tell clients before you start the reading. I think I, I remember we had a conversation and I couldn't remember because we were in a group at that yeah. point in time. And I couldn't remember what your actual view on that. So I'm glad that I asked because... Our, our disagreement was on Reiki. That was it. Because, but that was my own ignorance because I understand it way better now. I've not done anything into that, that field. But my, 
my ignorant view at that point, and I would call it ignorant because I was quite like, and I, and I know that we, we're good friends, so it was like, you've got your opinion, I've got mine, and we laugh about that, and we've had mm. many a joke about different things, and, and you know, we, we, we have laughed, ladies and gents, we, we, have, we have had some great laughs. Um, sitting eating scones and clotted cream and jam <laughs> that Lee had never tried in her life and she would text me when she got home saying I need to find clotted cream um, so thinking about it though um, and the, the Reiki side of things is really interesting because my view was well it's just a way spiritual healing with a money making spin on it and that was my ignorance because I just seen that one thing and thought, well, that's all it is. Mm. And so since then, I've learned a lot that is way more. And I've watched a lot of what you put up online about it and talking about talks and stuff. How, how, how would you describe what Reiki is to someone who doesn't know? Reiki is simply a Japanese word for energy healing, right? Um, and it's quantum physics, actually. So it's manipulation of energy. Scientists have measured the energy that comes out of a healer's hands can be measured up to 30 hertz. Okay, wow. I think nerves regenerate at three hertz. Oh, okay. So it's all just energy. So when you form an intention that's a thought form, it creates something that goes into the energetic matrix and creates a reaction. Mm. So it's all about your intention. But if you think about it, uh, Western doctors, if you go to a physical therapist, everyone's using sound. They're using heat. They're using light. They're using electricity to treat people because it's all about frequency and energy. Mm -hmm. So this is natural healing. We can project it out of our hands because all we are is literally energy. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just quantum physics. That's all it is. So like an instrument almost tuning into that instrument or tuning the, maybe this is really bad, but you know, you're know, tuning the guitar to get the right frequency yeah, and the we, right sound. We are in, infusing, infusing um, energy. We are infusing hertz. I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a scientist. I don't no, know no, I really get though it's, yeah. it's, But you think about the mind and the body, the mind, uh, the nerves run through the entire body. Yeah. And the body is 70% water. So sound, you, you play sound, the water vibrates in a bowl. Yeah. So we're it's 70%. all a vibration, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so then we're infusing it. And all of that working together, we use the visualizations of the mind, like we do yeah. with the mediumship. The mind is visualizing all of this stuff. So then I started to look at it and say, so the mind gets in the, to connect with the body, to connect with the nerves, to connect with the healing. And if you see the light, the channel coming through, and we're well, I mean, there's energy in the desk and the that we're sitting at oh, the yeah. chair we're sitting on. So pulling that, harnessing that energy, I've watched a lot on chi lately, and like in the last year over lockdown, I was watching a lot of these get men who can manipulate the chi and actually moving objects. Yes. And that fascinates me. And so that's part of my own personal growth that I want to understand that more. You know, but that's also a part, it is also partially spiritual healing as well. Okay. Because we're also connecting to God. So what we're doing is we're channeling that light through people as well. Sure. So it's quantum physics, but also working with source as well, right? What about demonstrating in mediumship? What what's the what would you say that you've noticed in students say over the last five years 
being pre-lockdown and, and post-lockdown, have you noticed a change in people in the way that they work? Yeah, I noticed once we came back last year and started sitting, people had become so isolated. Uh, Self-confidence was a huge issue last year. I remember the first circle. I said to them, oh, shall we break up into groups? No, no, we're not used to this. And I even noticed for myself, you know, sitting down with someone in person, it was a little bit different. So I feel, you know, going into the in-person readings, doing the demonstrations again, it's almost like we had to get back on the horse because it is somewhat different to online work. Yeah. Oh, so gosh, there's definitely yeah. been a shift. There's definitely been a change. And I think I've, I've got a workshop coming up and well, kind of mentorship. And I had to really edit the way normally I would do four two day weekends. So there was, you know, there was like those two days together and, you know, working all that together. And so I then realized I can't do that. People, one, they're not financially in a position. Two, they're not available. People are trying to work as much as they can to clamber back money that they lost like you and I our doors and a day our diary just cancelled yeah like we we were part of the what I would say within the entertainment industry when one minute you're an artist and the next minute like that our diary is just wiped oh yeah and, nothing, and so I know in the US people were a lot more uh into zoom because I I knew about zoom for months before because of yourself um but people were like alien towards anything to do with online and trying to convince people for an online reading. What I do notice though in the UK is there's a lot more younger people mm. happier to book an online reading than I would notice because I have an option on my website for either or they can come in person at my office or via online. And so I notice that people don't want the young people book the video readings, but the, the anybody who's maybe 30 and above, yeah. they're the ones that come and see so what about you i mean no i know people book appointments differently in the states for for different reasons because here we we really get um so there's mediumship and the psychic stuff together but i know that in the states there's a big part of people really want answers so how is that how has that changed i think my experience over here in the new york city area is people are zoomed out Okay, perfect. Uh, I've had requests. People prefer to come in for in-person healing sessions, in-person readings. That's yeah. huge. People really don't want Zoom anymore. But I will say one thing about um, Zoom and COVID and everything, because all my classes used to be in person. Being on Zoom now has allowed me to unfold a really awesome mentorship program. Because now I can work with people in a way that I've never been able to do in the past. Because with my mentoring, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one work, personal yeah. feedback. So you could not do this in person. So in that way, it's been a blessing for me. But I honestly, I think people are, are quite tired of Zoom over here. Yeah. People are asking for in-person and that's, I mean, even like these uh, sessions of, of the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm reaching people all over and it's an impossibility for me to get to everyone, you know, that, you know, I can't reach all these people mm. because people are dotted all over the world. 
uh, you know, even just before you of recording a session with a woman and she's she's in Scotland, but, you know, she lives a little bit away. So, you know, it was easier that. And I've noticed that people are enjoying the Zoom services, a lot of church services that take yeah. place here. So they can join. It's for free. They can jump in when they want. You know, a lot of them have a core member group. Um, but I'm noticing a lot more of the churches, sanctuaries and centres are opening their doors. Um, and so... It's for it's such an exciting time for people because mediumship is growing in a way that it's not grown before because of the online. But also there's so much excitement for people to get back to in-person readings, in-person demonstrations. And so what about um, what's coming up for you for the rest of 2022? Do you have any anything that you want to share with people Um I know oh, actually, I, I, you know, as far as the, the online stuff is concerned, you know, I think one thing that we need to be cognizant of is centers like mine. And I know you're opening up a place as well. Yeah. People have also, a lot of people are also accustomed to Zoom now. So they don't want to get out. Mm. There's been, because everyone was sitting around for a year doing nothing. I think, you know, the value got watered down considerably a lot as well, because now everything was offered for free. Absolutely. So this has definitely affected business, you know, so unless people actually start going out now and supporting smaller centers and schools like myself, yeah. you know, how long can we really survive? We can offer that kind of service. Well, that's it. I, I mean, the, the, the price in which I'm charging for this workshop is is barely anything in comparison to what I'm paying for the venue and the, yeah. the time that I'm putting in, the planning, the work, the, all the printouts, all the stuff that you're doing. You, but if you bake, base that time, and this is a real thing that people don't talk about in this game, where the time in which we put in before, never mind the time we're putting in for that, and I've got to obviously hire this venue. Um, so that's dif difficult though, you know, like when I'm doing training, like you're saying, because of so much for free, you're right, people just don't want to. And I even think for the church Zoom sessions, I think there should be a donation pot. Mm. I think everyone should have a PayPal thing or a cash app or whatever where people can just drop in, even if it's Absolutely. a dollar or a pound, they should yeah. just drop in a donation because they will miss it when it's not there. Yeah, I mean, we're not working from our basement. Exactly. We're commercial, I mean, up in this area, we're paying for commercial space and everything. And the thing is with my teaching approach as well, I'm not one of those people who goes for quantity. Yeah. You know, I don't think, so I limit. So I've got an eight-week beginner mediumship and a 12-week advanced mediumship. I take six people. Sometimes I'll take eight, but even that's a bit difficult to handle because of all the one-on-one -on -one work I do. Yeah. So I don't think if you're dealing with a class of like 20 or more people, you know, I'm hearing about classes of 100, 200 people, you're not teaching, you're supervising. Absolutely. It's you just a lecture into, into little breakout rooms. So that's not teaching. No. You know, so, you know, I think one's got to be cognizant of that. You know, if you are going to be investing in teaching, uh, do you want to learn? Do you want to get personal instruction? Are you happy to go into a big group over there? And but just listen to the lecture. The most important thing is, you know, for people to really support small business again. To, so that we can continue operating absolutely because when people like us who've got all this years of wealth of knowledge are not there anymore because we've had to take you know a quote-unquote proper job 
Yeah. Then they start reaching out and saying, hey, you know, I want this, I want that. So, Lee, what do you hope others will learn from your experience? That it's a journey. It takes time to do your self-healing work and to know that you are capable of it. That you're capable of doing anything you set your mind to. That you're naturally psychic, you're a natural medium, you're a natural healer. It doesn't belong to a select few people. Anyone can do this and everyone should do this. Because we're serving the spirit world. There can never be too many mediums. Yeah. Mediums are not in competition to each other. There's enough spirit people to go around, right? Love it. Never, never be enough mediums. Love it. How can people find you? What's the, what's the, your social info, etc.? All right. So my website for the school is montclairpsychicschool.com. My website is thesouthafricanmedium.com and on Instagram, thesouthafricanmedium.com. Thank you so, so much. This has been an amazing conversation. Uh, I really, really, I'm so grateful for you being part of Bridging Tomorrow's podcast. Uh, and I say thank you so, so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're doing in thank beautiful you, New York. George. See you Take in New care, York darling. in September. I will see you in September. I'll get a hug. All righty. Take, Take care, care, darling. Thank bye you bye. so much. Bye-bye.